Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Now, let's start this week's episode. But first, don't forget to like and share the podcast on your social media accounts. Pretty much, can you just let my subscribers know who you are and exactly what you do? Oh, yeah. My name's Joe. I'm a six-figure full-time Amazon seller. So I started about a year ago and I was flipping books. And it's kind of crazy because I didn't even know you could. So you could flip like um, non-prime books to prime and make like good profit, oh, wow. like 60, 70% ROI and stuff like that. So yeah, that's how I started. And I was in uh, grad school. So basically, I was doing a career I didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So I was going to be an account. And then so t- time ticked over. And then like, as I was in grad school, Q4 hit and I'm like, wow, I'm making like over a thousand dollars a day revenue. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like I could do this full time. Right. So yeah. Then January, I basically jumped in full time and now I've never looked back. And now I just hit my first uh, six figure month revenue. Oh, congrats. Okay. Five I- profit. Nice. Okay. I got a couple of questions. So you started a year, a year ago, or when did you start? Yeah. End of last July. Okay, books, end of- and I was basically, yeah, just doing like thrift stores, like online books, flips. And like, I did some toys and stuff, but that was really it. I didn't know like what OA was. Right. Okay. Technically, so I was doing OA, but. Okay. So you're in grad school and you're already, and you already decided that you did not want to do this or is that, is that why um, you're looking for things to do? Well, I like, didn't like, you know, like how you are with like, you kind of just do what you like are told to do. Yeah. Like my parents wanted me to do that degree. Right. And like, I didn't hate it. And then when I got into grad school, I was like, oh, this is the real deal. Like they make you dress up and everything. Like you have to conform (laughs) to their policies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know about this. Like I I started like getting like, kind of like a mental funk and I was just like, right no, like I didn't want to do this. And then I was like, that's when I really found Amazon and was like, God, did you passion. did you like go online and look for ways to make money online like how did you, uh, you kind of just said how the instagram algorithm was so like okay. i was like i always like wanted knew i wanted to do something with business so mm-hmm. i just see like business guys pull up and then i saw this guy who was like flipping used books he's like i make a full-time living just flipping used books and i don't even do it full-time like like he like works like 10 hours a week when you saw that 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 like clicked in your mind that like you would start trying to sell used books yeah, well, I didn't really know much about business or like, like I, I was a business major, but yeah, that that's kind of the first thing I saw. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just like, all right, you know what? Like, this is pretty easy. I I can start with only a thousand dollars. So like, right. I didn't have much money. You know, I was just a college kid, broke, and yeah. So that was the easiest route for me to start, and it kind of just took a life of its own grew into this and now you know, making like more money than I would at a nine to five. When you decided that you were going to start selling used books on, on Amazon, at what point did you get the idea that, wow, I can really do this full time and not have to do something that I may not want to do? That was in December. Cause I was, th- I was in a, like a discord and they were dropping a lot of like toy leads. Like, you know, how like Q4 when yeah. it goes out of stock, then the price doubles. I'm like Legos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was investing like a lot of money on like toys and and basically that's what I was doing but I was also trying to get cash flow by just getting thrift store books and stuff so then in Q4 all the toys started to sell that I was like investing for 3 months right they all started to sell and then I ended up making like 
in that month I would make more than I would have in like my first year at nine to five. So like, oh, wow. months, man, yeah. Oh, wow. So did you, did you have to have that talk? So, so, I mean, you dropped out then, right? Yeah. Of grad school. Like I have a bachelor's degree, so it's okay. not like I'm like a real dropout, but I mean, yeah, I got yeah. a bachelor's too, but I, but like, I never used it, but okay. Yeah, so when you, <laughs> when you decided to drop out of grad school, how did that conversation go with your parents? Oh, that was rough. They're still like my mom. Still <laughs> I just showed her yesterday the first six figure like month. Yeah. And she was like, what the hell? Like she was like, going crazy. Like, right. Still doesn't even believe it. Like I got to show her my bank statements to, <laughs> to, to like prove it. Yeah. So to prove that the money's coming in. So I guess you could say that they're slowly starting to come around the more. No. Yeah. They, they, they are definitely starting to come around. Yeah. I, I mean, my dad's, my dad's like a traditional He's worked the nine to five his whole life. Right. So like, he's yeah. just very traditional on that. Might take him a little longer, but my mom's starting to see. She's just I'm, yelling at me to, to not reinvest everything. It's like, start saving. You got to right. start saving right now. Like, I mean, like, I think you I gotta kinda, reinvest it though. I think you kind of, kind of have to look at the way that their generation grew up. They were like, it was drilled in their head that go to college, get your nine to five, work till you're 60 and then re yeah. retire. Like that's like, they don't like, they don't know anything different than like making money on well, yeah. selling, selling stuff. Okay. So you started out with books. At what point did you decide to like, do you still sell books now? No, okay, I, I, so that's, that's a slow moving cash flow. no cash flow in that game. So I okay, stopped. So in, what happened? Um, so January after Q4, you know how like busy season for books, like because college kids and stuff. Back to so I was still flipping. Books, that, yeah. that was the last month I really was flipping books, like like hard flipping books. Right. Uh, yeah. So then I started like I saw you know Miles and like Warner and them like I saw them post about like online arbitrage and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, this could be a cool transition after I like sell all these books because you know I made good money selling books because it was busy season. You can literally double your money on like all these books and they all. It's kind of like how Q4 works, like the, the sales rank just drops down because right. it's in demand. So mm -hmm. selling a ton of books and like I think I did like 20K revenue in January. And I'm like, all right, we got enough money now to like really go, go hard, hard on online right. arbitrage. And like, yeah, so I can like afford to lose a little bit. Like obviously starting out, you know, you make mistakes, like lost money on a few ASINs because I didn't really have a mentor or anything. Mm -hmm. But then like in March, I started to really get the hang of it. And I was making like all the profit was back. Like I was making the same money i did in december so right with the books yeah with december and yeah with the toys and the books so okay. yeah december and january were big okay months. so if i wanted because i still sell books now i'm slowly moving away from books because i had the um i had the wake up call to where i'm like i can do online arbitrage and i could do retail arbitrage and toys and groceries <clears throat> and beauty items and i could do a lot less lifting on my back because these books be heavy yeah, at the time heavy. too so that was, I that was another thing they were too yeah. they're too heavy yeah yeah <laughs> so, box, 50 pounds of bricks like <laughs> exactly so now i'm slowly moving over towards doing retail arbitrage i'm in germany so it's a little bit different with online yeah. arbitrage but i'm trying to figure it out because i don't have any software that actually works here that i know of so i'm pretty much doing mm -hmm. it manually so i'm trying to work that over but if i wanted to start online arbitrage in the states what kind of advice would you give me yeah. So, I mean, first thing is like, even if you have like 20 grand, I don't think you should start with 20 grand unless you obviously had experience. Like some of these guys come from like the shoe game and stuff like, and they know what they're doing. So like, that's okay. But like, right. if you have no experience whatsoever, I think like 5,000 is 
what you should start with max. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to make mistakes and you know, it's a process. Like you're going to learn, you're going to learn every single day. You're going to learn every single month, you know, just build on what you have. And then once you start to really get the hang of it, if you have the capital, then just go all in, I would say. Cause like, I mean, most of it is like, you're guaranteed to at least get your money back. As long as you look at the data and everything else, like you're not going to really lose money. Like I don't think I've lost money on an ASIN in like a month. So like, wow. you nice. just break even sometimes like that's, right. but like, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the data and you can see everything you need to see, then like you can make an educated decision. And like, there's an eighty percent chance you make money on it at least. Right, right. So yeah. Okay. So when I start out, what software do I need to get? Uh yeah. So I mean, I keep it pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Keepa and Selleramp is pretty much all I use for okay. sourcing for sourcing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't really need inventory lab starting out. Like it's it's a fifty dollar a month. It's like my biggest cost probably, other mm-hmm. than the repricer. Yeah, and get onto the repricer. That's if if you have the capital, then maybe start with it. But it's not necessary. Like you could just manual reprice. It's a little bit more time consuming, but yeah, that's pretty much it. You just keep it in Celeron, and it's forty dollars a month. Pro subscription too, I would recommend because you know you you have access to the buy box with the pro subscription, so it makes things a lot easier. Your sales are just going to go up because of that. Exactly. Okay. Um, and what like are there like is there like categories that I should focus on or just try to get where, whatever makes money or, um, I found grocery was kind of good starting out. Cause yeah. it's, it's a lower cost too. So like, you know, you're, you can buy 10 units and you're paying like 50 bucks for it. So like, mm-hmm. that's a good test buy $50 test buy is not too much of a risk for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did a lot of grocery starting out. Not, not really now cause prep center fees and everything eat that margin. So Beauty is another good one too, because there's a lot of lower cost items. So that that's a good way to start. You know, you're lowering your risk if you're going with lower cost items and then gradually build your average sale price up. Cause that's kind of what I've been doing the last two months. Right. My ASP was probably like mid twenties and now it's like $40. So now that you've been doing this for a, a year now, right now that you've been yeah, doing this for first a year, year now, do you, um, where do you see yourself in the next three years? I mean, I have like a long-term vision. Like, I don't know if I'm, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, but this, this mm-hmm. is like a great way to just build capital and capital, do what yeah. you really want to do. Like, let's say you want to build a brand. Mm-hmm. This is a great way. Cause like I had no money and like, you know, but like private label, it's pretty risky. You could just throw 10 grand and not see and it ever again. So yeah. yeah. So like, would you mind sharing what your long-term goals are? Yeah, no, definitely. So okay. yeah. Um, I do want to build a brand. I, like much bigger than Amazon, like off of Amazon, you know, like, right. I don't need to rely on Amazon. So that's my goal. Eventually. Um, I want to, I don't know about if I want to really do like an Alibaba thing. Yeah. Cause you know, it's kind of sketchy, those suppliers and stuff. So I kind of, it's, it's cheap. It's cheap quality. Cheap, Yeah. Cheap quality, but like you could do better quality. That's my vision, like better quality, go through like an American supplier or something mm-hmm. like that. And there's a lot of successful American companies out there that, right. that are making a killing, you know, they're selling quality over like what China's selling, you know? So that's, that's my vision is to build American brand, probably start off selling it on Amazon. Cause like mm-hmm. try yeah, the best way to get customer. eyeballs on your, yeah. On your product, like right. no brainer. And like advertising is pretty cheap. I do it for online arbitrage too. like advertise my, my listings and it's not expensive at all. How does that work? I have never, I've talked to yeah. maybe 30 different online arbitrage and I've never heard of them doing advertising yeah. the items. So I found out from a reselling teacher. So he does, he's been doing this for like two years, like just advertising and he makes like an extra, like 
five to ten percent of sales or so it's like five percent of sales i think or something it okay adds on just because but that that adds up like right i think i've made i think i've done like ten thousand in just advertising sales since like april so you it's advertise so you advertise items that are already listed that like already yeah yeah so already like, already named products like right. yeah so you're you're putting a bid on these products but most likely there's nobody even bidding on the product so you're bidding on the keyword and amazon automates it for you so it's so easy you just add them to your bucket of products that you want to advertise and it's pay per click like i pay like two cents or four cents per click or something okay. like that and, and then so you, yeah and then you only advertise the items that you have the buy box on or, or like how does uh, that's that how the, that's how i think it works so like okay. if they keyword search it and you're on the buy box then you you pay for that click right but yeah, I mean, it's very cheap. Like I, I started with the free $50 in advertising spend mm-hmm. in April. Cause they give you a free promo. So I think I've maybe spent like 60 bucks in advertising. And so like only $10 after the promo. So oh wow, it's April. Yeah. It's very cheap advertising. That's, that's very, very interesting. I've never, there's, I've there's never no competition. That. That's why it's so cheap. Like there's no one really bidding on that keyword most likely. Cause it's, it's already a brand name product, you know? Exactly. Like I like, I honestly would never think of like to bid on if like I'm selling Pepsi yeah, sodas, I would never, or something. Yeah, like, exactly. I would never think to, to do that. That's, that's actually, I'm actually, let me write that down. What do you think some are some of the biggest or most often um, mistakes that new sellers make? I think they just develop too big of an expectation going into it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. You see all these people coming in because not everyone's going to do like a hundred thousand dollar sales in their first four months. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> Michaela. Yeah. No, not everyone's going to be Michaela. She's the exception out here. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's, <laughs> so yeah. Like if you're starting out and you compare yourself to her, like that's just like, that's just like comparing yourself to, to an oak tree. Like you're not that you're not going to get there. Like, right. Right. So well, you just think that you need to have um real realistic realistic goals. That, that was the wrong way to say it. I mean, like you know, she had previous experience and everything. Like it's just, just like you got to develop realistic expectations. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't like look down on yourself or anything. Like that's that's the problem is people get caught too much in comparison. I think. Yeah. Like, even myself, I do it sometimes. It's not a good way to go. You're it's the thief of joy comparison. So. Definitely. I think that you should just run your own race. Everyone's running their own race. That's the good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean like, yeah, maybe you won't make a hundred, a hundred thousand in your first four months, but you can make 20,000. You can, you can make 30,000. And uh, yeah, everyone runs a different race. So like some people take longer to catch on to things like that. That's what I meant really. Like not everyone's running at the same speed that that's what you gotta understand. Exactly. As long so, as you're running your own race and you're growing every day, that's what matters. Exactly. So you said earlier that um that you would start that you would recommend that somebody starts online arbitrage with with like at least well not at least but like five thousand max so so that they're not losing money to the mistakes that may come with being a beginner. So what do you think is the minimum amount that somebody can start doing online arbitrage with? Minimum. Um, yeah. Probably at least five hundred dollars because okay. software costs and everything. You know, yeah, it's kind of hard because a lot of people be like, I don't have any money. <laughs> I probably scraped together $500 if you just wor- took like one month's work. That was this. This is something that um, a lot of people like a lot of people online or a lot of people in our business will, will say things like, oh, you can start with $100 or oh, you can start with $300. With I really books, believe yes. I really believe that 
to get the best benefit out? Like, sure, you can start with $100, but how much like profit are you really going to make on that? That's like, why get- I would say, yeah, if someone was starting with that little, it would just do books. Because like, if you yeah. go to the thrift store, you pay a dollar for these books. And like, that's what I was doing to build capital. Yeah. So I $1 started- for a book and then flip it for 50, sometimes yeah. like, yeah. like all profit right there. So. Yeah, I tell people like I get people saying like, how can I start selling Amazon selling on Amazon with no money or with like fifty dollars? And I and I tell them basically, if you can't afford to even put a hundred to two hundred dollars in it, then you don't even need to be worried. Like start like like selling on Amazon is not your first step. You need to figure out why you can't save a uh, hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah. So maybe you need to cut out the the Starbucks or cut out Uber yeah, like, Eats and all that exactly. Stuff. Do that. And then once you get like $200, then we could talk about how you can kind of get in, into the situation. So, yeah. Um, would you, if you knew what you knew now, when you first started, would you have started with books? Cause you started with, cause you, cause you said that you started with a thousand. Would you have yeah. just jumped into online arbitrage? I think I would have done it sooner. So right. like, I, that's like, if you see my like year graph, like yeah. you could tell I was having a struggle to get to like $10,000. And that's because I didn't do online arbitrage because with online arbitrage, I think I was too focused on like 100, 200% ROI and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I was not taking into account how you could take 20 to 30% ROI, flip it in 30 to 60 days and have your money back and keep just reinvesting it to compound so much faster than you just trying to get these books that like take two, three months to flip. So that is exactly what I was getting stuck into because when I moved over to groceries, I was like, 20% 20% ROI or cause like I was used to like buying this book for like a, a dollar and then flipping yeah. it for 20 or, or, or like $30. So like buying something for $5 and then making only like six fifty from it. Like it seems small, but when you stack it up, it's like much easier. And plus you get your money back much quicker than you would do mm-hmm. with these books. Cause these books sit for months at a time before they actually sell. Yeah, exactly. Like you take a thousand and then you make 1300, 1300 yeah. another month, then it's 1700. So exactly. Like compound so fast. Exactly. So do you use a prep center? Yeah, I, I have a prep center. So yeah, just one right now. Okay. Um, so I had two, but I had to drop the other one because they were trash really bad. Yeah. Okay. Not as bad as the tiger lily situation, but it was pretty bad. Like if people ask, ask me a prep center, I'm gonna tell them not to go there. I'm not going to like Name publicly about. post about them yeah. but what is tiger lily was that like a um prep uh, that center? was a montana prep center where like they were just like not getting back to people like holding all their inventory and stuff like that oh okay I mine was I just really that. really slow turnaround time like three four weeks at times like it was awful oh wow so can you take me through the process of you looking for an item buying that item and then what happens after that yeah so i basically storefront stock I have a bunch of stores that I just know that are like are good, just online mm-hmm. arbitrage. You could tell over time that they definitely do do that. And then you find some people on Instagram and stuff like that too. So yeah, I find the product from the store, trace it back to a site. Like it'd be whether it's like East Bay or like Nike, mm-hmm. take that, list it, and then put it on the prep center sheet. They handle all the prep. I don't even touch the product. And then it goes off to Amazon and sells within like 30 to 60 days. Nice. Okay. You said storefront. I don't know what that, what, what like that. Oh, so storefront stalking is like, I don't know if you know how you can look on like a listing. You can see all the stores that are on the listing. So you click on the product on the the store and you go and see all their products. And yeah, you could just go one by one 
there's like a Chrome extension that makes it a little bit easier, mm -hmm. but you can do it through Cellramp. So like you can click on their store in Cellramp and then it will pull up all their products with the Keepa and everything alongside it. Okay. And yeah. You're just running through those products one by one. And sometimes you could tell like, oh, Amazon's been on the listing. Like this product's not going to work. Like skip right. over that. And then you find one that looks like it's good. Click on it, trace it back to the retail website and then buy mm -hmm. it for cheaper with coupons and discounts. So. Okay, so so you use a lot of coupons and discounts? Yeah, yeah. It's everything I buy is pretty much on sale. I rarely buy anything that's full full price because nice limits the limits the chance of it tanking. Right, because you because you got it for much cheaper. So so even if yeah. the price goes down, you still making a yeah. Because some of these like like apparel products are selling for like more than retail, like mm -hmm. slightly over retail or something. Right. Like maybe you can get a small margin if you flip it at retail, but like if everyone sees that, it's going to just probably tank eventually. Right. Um, as a self-employed or um, as a as um, self-employed or as an entrepreneur, uh, what, like, how do you, I don't want to say stay motivated because you need money. So that's how you stay motivated probably. But how mm -hmm. do you stay on schedule or like on track with everything that you need to do? Okay. So yeah, I do. I've posted about this before. So I do a uh, power list. So I'm a big fan of like Andy Frisella. He's like a big entrepreneur. Me too. I like yeah. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. So he says like make a power list and then it's like five critical tasks that you need to complete every single day. And like, mm -hmm. if I don't do that, I'm going to be pissed at myself. Right. Like I've been trained myself to just get them done every single day. It keeps you on track. You know, like one of them will be like meet my spend goal or like do uh, sourcing or whatever. Meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then other would be like VA meeting or something like that. Anything that's like critical that needs to be done. Right is on that list. The last question I like to always ask my guests is, do you think that a normal person who starts selling on Amazon FBA, can they actually quit their nine to five job and become a full-time Amazon seller? Yeah, 100%. There's countless people that have done it and they've done it pretty quickly. Like they'll, they'll hit 30K a month and they'll get what they need to survive and then go from there. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot simpler than it's not easy, but it's a lot simpler than people think. Like as long as you just work hard and, you know, learn every single day, like be willing to learn, then you'll grow and yeah, you'll be able to replace your nine to five income pretty quickly. I would say. Nice. Um, one, one question I forgot to ask is how does a person go? How, okay. How does a new Amazon seller go about paying their self? Like, how did you go about that? Like how much percent would you <clears throat> recommend? When would you recommend it? I mean, I, I, I still don't really pay myself. Okay. I just Like whatever expenses I have to pay each month. Like I'm not buying anything fancy. No Tesla yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe soon, but not yet. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So like set aside whatever you need for expenses and then pay that out to yourself every month. But that's about it. I wouldn't say take anything out of the business for the first year, at least like I'm not doing that. Probably okay. not for, I don't think I'm actually going to pay myself until after Q4. Okay. Like so basically all. you're just saying like, just what, just like pretty much pay yourself enough to what you need to survive, survive. but yes, like, don't be going out. Much all I, yeah. That's all I do. And that's what I would say. It's the best way to grow as fast as you want to grow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, I appreciate you joining, um, doing this inter doing this interview with me. How can the people get in contact with you? So, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at amazing and on Twitter at amazing as well. Okay, nice. I will have all his links in the um, description below.
Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six and seven figure Amazon sellers. Subscribe to Lewis's YouTube channel to see the podcast in video format.